Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. This is a product of Purpose Kingdom Network. You are listening to Race of Consciousness, and I am your host, Darlene Lark. This is the 234th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. Dear Father, thank you for this opportunity to share what has been placed on my heart. I pray that we receive awareness and understanding that we go on to do your work as we rebuild a people and ultimately a nation. In the name of your precious son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. Good evening. I hope everyone is healthy. It's been some pretty decent weather going on. Everybody is pretty happy about that. I certainly am happy about that. Some people were off today and taking advantage of having a little extra time on the weekend. And this is also President's Day, and that's why some folks is off. So um, in just looking at that, I'm thinking of all the stuff that's going on in our society right now. And I just had to take a moment to pause and I'm thinking to my people, my sister, my sister, my brother, my brother, we got to get it together. Now, back in the day when I was coming up, wasn't a whole lot of money to go to the doctor time something ails you, as grandparents used to say, what ails you? So there was all these home remedies, and one of the remedies, one of, for medicinal purpose, was a good strong dose of castor oil. And matter of fact, my grandmother was from Devereux, Georgia. Her grandmother was a slave, and those traditions carried on through the generation. She would grab one of us, open up our mouth, smell our breath, and say, mm, "No, you smell bilious." They get the castor oil. <laughs> that was something that I know you millennials don't know what I'm talking about, but just hold on and listen and hear me out because that stuff was the worst thing that you can take. But no matter how bad it was, how bad it tastes, how much you didn't want it, how much they would try and give you other things to kind of mask the taste, even though it says tasteless and odorless. <laughs> that stuff would make me want to throw up every time. I never liked it, but guess what? I had to take it, and it did make me feel better, and it made me well. So tonight, I'm going to give out a little cast of oil. 
And I'd like for you to call in and join us. We are broadcasting out of Rosewood, Pennsylvania. The number to call in is 724-444-7444. Then you want to put in 142-695-POUND. And the PIN number is 1POUND. Now, if you got something to say, and I, I hope that you do, I hope that you have something to, to contribute to tonight's conversation or discussion, you want to push star eight and come on and join into the conversation. So I have said many times before that we are descendants of queens, of governors, powerful men and women of color. We're dignified people. That is what we are. We have the intellect, wisdom. We have the creativity, physical strength. We are all hues of the, of, of the rainbow. That's why. If you ever as a kid, you know, when you had those little paint sets and, you know, the watercolors and you mix the water, you end up mixing it all, all those colors together, it would end up a color black. Okay. So we are of every color of the rainbow. We are who we are, a dignified people, a people that we should really, really learn more to love and adore our own selves. We are of the image of God. Aren't we worth our own self-respect? Now, there's still a different opinion of who's this uprising of haters that our new president has stoked all this anger, and it has all risen, risen the platform of supremacy in this country. And with it doing just that, we need to learn to, to, to look toward ourselves because there is a reorganization of people that needs to go on. We keep saying, what do we have to do? We have to learn. We have to care more, love more, work together more as we go through what we are going through because we are going through some difficult, difficult times, just in case no one really understands and know that. These are times that we are going through that are like no other times before. You got a president that just been in office, not even just as of today, just as of today, 30 days, just as of today. And already there has been mass havoc, okay, already. So the times that we are in, we need to take heed. We have to get it together. There is just no other way. You know, to our struggles, we have endured, okay? But yet we are still looked at as second-rate citizens. You know, just last Thursday, April Ryan, a known journalist and reporter with the talk show um, American Urban Radio Network, you know, she was at the White House at the press conference. I know you've all seen this on the news. You know the press conference I'm talking about, this 77-minute rant that our new uh, – commander-in-chief was engaged in. And she happened to be able to get 
him to answer the question. She asked him, are you going, I'm not quoting any of this, I'm just paraphrasing, but she asked him, is he going to try and set up and meet with the CBC? Well, first of all, you can clearly see on the commander-in-chief's face that he had no idea who the CBC is. And she actually had to spell it out and say, the Congressional Black Caucus. Oh, then they are, oh, that's a good idea. You know, he goes into his regular Trump kind of stuff, and then he tell her, set it up, set it up. So he tell her to set up this, this meeting, but she tells him right away that, you know, she's a reporter. She's just a reporter. She says, no, 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 I'm a reporter. And he goes right on, oh, go ahead, set it up. That's great, the Congressional Black Caucus, you know. In his monolithic thinking, he automatically thought that because she's black, she's a black woman, that she knew all of them. And she, matter of fact, she said, I know some of them, but, you know, that's great. Set it up, you know. And it's like that was totally offensive, totally. But he has no idea that he is as offensive as he is because that is the world that he has been grown to live in, in his thinking, his monolithic way of thinking of people of color. That's really, and I don't know what Amoroso thinks, but he's using her for his own reason. I know she's probably using him too, but darn girl, aren't you tired of that? It comes a time a person soon gets tired of devaluing themselves. Anyway, I will say this. It's just a shame that we as a people are looked upon in that way still in this 21st century. It is a shame, but it is very real. You know, when we think of all that we actually came from and, and, and who we are, um, we are descendants of greatness. King and Dibius. Indibus. I want to say these names correctly. He was the first king of ancient Africa, Ethiopia. He was the first, and he was known to be the first to mint his own coinage. He took precious metals of silver and gold and bronze, and he made his own coin. He was the first that created that system. After him, all other emperors of Ethiopia, they minted their own coins with their own images stamped on it with whatever they're saying or model. He began that. That is something of a great man. Then there was Queen Yaa Asantua. She was a queen of Ghana. She was known to tirelessly fight against the British colonists, colonialists. She was, she wasn't taken, taken, you know, when they came through to colonialize their area and take, in other words, take back their land, she wasn't taking it lying down. 
she was a woman that fought, and she fought to the end until she was successful. That was a queen in Ghana. King Musa Kaita, he was known during the time in the region to be kings of kings. Now, I'm not trying to say king of kings like God, but his might, his wisdom, he was looked to be as king. More than one king, his, his, his power, his strength, his intelligence, his know-how, his, his charm, his charisma, all of that, he was kings of kings. He was noted to be the richest man of all time. That's pretty doggone rich. His regime, his regime grew the wealth through the trade. And their thing was gold and salt. That was their big resource. But King Musa Kieta made Timbuktu, the modern day, at that time, equivalent to modern day Wall Street, made it one of the richest cities in the world. And there was also Queen Candace of Ethiopia. She was a great empress known for her great military skills. This woman was fair because she strategically brought about great defeat. So you got two sisters that were fighting and two men that made the money. And <laughs> I have to say this. And I just, I picked these particular kings and queens of ancient Africa, not as the Nefertiti's and the King Tut's and the this, that one that we all hear about, but just to understand and know the greatness that you come from, the greatness, people that we don't read enough about or get to know enough about because, for one thing, we were robbed in our educational school system. We were robbed where the history of our people was not taught until years and years of having to protest and, you know, try and resolve and, and, and force finally the Board of Education and the Department of Education to include it as a regular natural part of the curriculum. That was a fight all in itself. But that's because if somebody don't want you to know something, they try and keep it from you. Why well, should say they want you to not want them something? It's kept hidden away. Why? Because one day your greatness might take over that whole known idea of this supremacy that that others think that they're entitled to. Now you hear me say often, and I like to go back and repeat myself. They took a people from a country and a country from a people. That's something wrong right there. Right there. The idea to think that you just have the right. And when I look at modern day, what's going on right now in this country with this ban that Trump has, he's talking about now that they're rewriting it and all that stuff, but he, he lost his battle in court with the uh, federal judges. 
he withdraw the he withdrew the ban because companies was complaining that this is stopping us from making money. And it was stopping, it was keeping a lot of countries from making money. And, you know, sadly, well, you know what happens more so when it starts hitting the, the pocket, when it starts hitting the economy. When a couple of people probably called and said, look, man, probably Bill Gates, because a lot of his executives could not fly around the country the way that they do working. It was not just his company. There was many companies who were impacted by that. And I believe that's why the pressure got on him, and that's why he withdrew. He's coming up with something that's to save face, but I think he's going to do with anything else, a slow roll on it, because he got other stuff going on with him. But I don't really want to get off to talk about him, but we can never forget what he is about. And he is not about our people. He is not about making wrongs right. He's about what's going on fatten up his pockets and whatever serves his own interest. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I think this is a spiral effect that is so much is about to play out in the next, I would say, a couple of days, maybe a week or two. But there's so much that's going on. And we cannot be distracted. And that's been a part of the problem. You know, they put stuff on about Beyonce having twins and this one is doing that. You know, all of a sudden we become distracted while all kinds of other things are going on right up under our nose. And we have to become more aware because the things that are going to be coming down the pipe with the people that are in charge, it's a lot of trickery. You know, there's already a play on the airwaves right now. Anytime somebody lied to the general public and forced them to think that it's true, I thank God for us to have enough common sense to discern the foolishness, okay, the foolishness that is being played out on the television on a daily basis. And it's not a war about the media. No, I am not saying giving the media the 100% A-OK, 100%, everything is cool uh, thing to them. You know, they're not getting a, a, a grade A thumbs up from me either because some things are reported crazy. But I am a person that watched the media, and I watched. I'm a news junkie, okay? and. These things that he come out and he say, and he tell people that this one is lying, it's things that he actually said himself half the time when they go back and pull the tape. And just to think that the, the habitual lies that they, they come out of this president, I, I just can't understand. I know the crowds of people that are protesting him are growing in number. But I just can't understand how anybody can sign on to it. 
how much hate can you have to want to cut off your own nose, off of your own face, by dealing around for warmongering crazy person such as Nonetheless, I spent probably a little bit too much time on that particular person. But I do um, hope that if you're out here, you want to jump in, comment. We are broadcasting live from Rosewood, Pennsylvania. The number to call in is 724-744-4444. And then you're going to press 142695-POUND. And the pin number is one pound. So I hope that you do call in, and if you want to talk to me, and I would love to talk to you, star eight. So getting back to our tonight's topic, I'm talking to my brothers and sisters. Time to really get it together. And some of the things I'm going to talk about tonight is going to be your dose of castor oil. But I'm going to tell you, just like when I was a kid, after you have that castor oil and it's finished going to work and it do what it do, you feel so much better. You have a whole different them, a whole different outlook of what you want to have. Whatever you're doing, you feel better. And that's what we got to get to. We got to get to the I feel better segment of this thing. We can't let ourselves get so overdrawn. Oh, there's nothing to happen. Uh, oh, I better not do this. I know some folks that, you know, I, I've been hearing it in the workplace. You know, it's been a lot of chatter as far as what's going to happen and what's coming down the pike with having this administration. Nobody can really tell. Nobody knows. It's really, really a strange time. And we are the centerpiece of this whole world's attention. We, The world is watching us because the whole world has never seen anything like it, and neither have we. So we're all trying to make some sense out of it. But I want to go back to what we need to do because I see too many situations where we don't respect ourselves. And you can't really demand any respect if you're not respecting your own self. We're doing things to berate ourselves. We're doing things to minimize the beauty, the God-given beauty that, that, that he has given us. The beautiful skin, our beautiful features, everything that is good about you that you should embrace. We should be doing that to and for ourselves, to nurture ourselves and bring ourselves to a more loving and kinder place that we can extend to our neighbors with the kind of God's love that he tell us that we should and how we should treat our neighbor. We are living in a time right now. You just don't know. You just don't know. And though many men have thought that they could 
basically forecast when, foresee when, or connect the dots to when they think is when. The word says no man shall know the time and the hour. But we should all prepare. We can't we can't sit back because if this if if we sit back and don't do anything and don't reach out and we have to I was you know, I gotta pause for a moment because the young lady I was talking with earlier today was dealing with a difficult situation and I can hear the intensity in her voice and I understood the anguish, but sometimes we got to pull back and realize and see what we are doing to create some things sometimes. And at some point in time, if somebody is trying to cause a, call a truce, we can't keep hanging on to the stuff. We can't keep hanging. If somebody is trying to call a truce, somebody is trying to say, hey, you know, I've done something wrong. I'm reaching out because I can't continue like this. We can't stay so stuck into you did me wrong until now you are the person that is wrong. <laughs> you know, because at some point in time, adult behavior has to kick in. At some point in time, we have to the little minute things, we have to really cost-benefit analysis. Really, was it worth it? We have to do a little bit more soul-searching with ourselves. But we really, really have to stop allowing ourselves to get hoodwinked by everything that come on the television. Now, I'm not talking about the media stuff. I am talking about the garbage shows that those reality shows that young people they're cussing each other out and doing all kinds of lewd things and you know stuff that has no benefit in your growth none whatsoever we have to stop allowing those types of activities and and, and that type of programming to literally program to actually feed into us with those subliminal suggestions to keep our minds off of what's actually going on because I tell you something. I can see us getting into a really, really serious war with a superpower. I can see us getting into something with the hot-headedness with the lack of experience, the lack of coup that our commander-in-chief exhibits. And what are we going to do? And I can see not one of his ch- children or himself have ever served in a war or in any branch of the military. But it will be your child, my grandchild, your, your neighbor's child, 
that will be drafted in and may have to fight a senseless war. Either that, or either you end up into the good old private prison system. You've heard me talk about that. Where prisons have grown in this country to the point where this the prison industry has made so much money. We've talked about this before. This is not a secret. Big Fortune 500 companies getting their goods made in prison. One thing that I have to say, I am so proud of President Obama. When he said that he just have a problem with prisons for profit. Now, just to have you understand a little bit more, why am I talking about this? Because we have an attorney general that has been confirmed that has no affinity for race, creed, or culture. In fact, he's one of the good old boys. He's one that believes that supremacy is well and alive, and he's going to want to keep it that way. I do believe it. And I probably am at great risk in saying some of the things I'm going to say, but God placed what I'm saying on my heart, and I'm going to believe that he's going to protect my soul and those that I pray for on a daily basis. But the thing that really, really has to give in this country is that we have to come to a common understanding of where we are. It is really do or die time in this country. When I get, you know, when I I go back to talking about this whole prison industry under the 15th Amendment, your freedom is granted unless you be in prison. Your rights is taken away from you. You are not making any money. Any money that you make in the prison is called a sentence, and that's anywhere between, I think, 25 to 75 cents an hour. And you've heard the expression, I work for slave wages. Well, okay, you get the picture, slave wages. But in just looking at how this whole system, how it has grown, it is a big cash cow. And when you have these Fortune 500 companies having their goods made, you know, they don't have to worry about strikes. They don't have to worry about paying unemployment insurance. They don't have to worry about comp time, overtime, vacation time, sick time. No, 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 no. My brother, my brother, my sister, my sister, they don't have to worry about arriving at work on time. You don't have to worry about calling out. You know why? Because you're there all the time. You live at the company. 
the company is called prison. So you're there, and if you decide that you're going to go on strike or have a stoppage of any kind of, you know what, you just go right on down for lockdown, isolation, put you in the hole, whatever they call you. That's where it will be at that point. So you have no other choice, and you're going to make their goods, and that's going to be your life, making their goods, making them rich while they go out on yachts and enjoy the life and steal more money from other people or whatever. But the problem is it is so many people in that system. It was so quickly growing. There was a California prison focus group, and they, they said no other society, this is a quote, no other society, society in human history has imprisoned so many of our citizens, unquote. These United States of America have incarcerated more people than any other country. Can you understand that? And you do understand why. The statistics say that the United States hold more than 25% of the world's prison population, but only 5% of the world's people. You know, you look at that, 25, more than 25% of the world's prison population, but only 5% of the world's people. That's scary, and we all should be scared. Those are staggering numbers. Now, this whole thing began under the Reagan administration back in the 1980s. And it's such of a growing industry. And then when Clinton became president, it grew even more because he had, well, at, I think at the beginning, it was only like five of them in the entire country. But after he came in the office and after he installed his three strikes you're out law, there became more and more prisons. Now there are hundreds of private prisons, and there's a growing number of them. You know, and then the pro, you know, it, it, the thing about it is they're becoming so, they are becoming so large. But I have to give President Obama great respect because, as I said a little bit earlier, his whole thing was, I got a problem with prison for profit. Because, you know, you get locked up for anything, guess what? You're going to help somebody, you back into slavery again. Again, we are broadcasting out of Rosewood, Pennsylvania. The number to call in is 724-444-7444. The show number is 142-695-POUND. And the PIN number is 1-POUND. Now, like I said before, I like to talk to you. Don't be stingy. Push that star 8. Then you can get on into the queue and we can rap a little bit about this because 
it's, it's got to be some castor oil given. Our young people, our millennials who's about to run this show, they are prime candidates for it. It, it, it hurts my heart. You see, you got to be able, when you're coming into trying to make a career and a life for yourself, you have to make certain sacrifices. There's certain things that you can't do right now so that you can get that job. I notice in the city of Philadelphia, there are more female prison guards you see than you see male prison guards. You see the male. But I'm in and out of hospitals, and I'm often seeing female prison guards, you know, with a prisoner patient trying to take them to doctor's appointments or whatever. And I just, it's just kind of overwhelming to see that. And I had to ask the question, and I asked somebody, a reliable source, and they said, well, for one thing, a lot of the male can't pass. And I don't mean to be vulgar, but I'm going to say, quote, the piss test because of their recreational activities. And they can't get these jobs. But then there is also a mental control agent behind it also. Having a big six-foot-two, strong, 230-pound man chained up with a little five-foot-four 130-pound female, and she's got the gun walking and free, and he's not. That's a mind control issue also. That, that's a, a mental that's a mental thing. We get distracted by so much, we don't see a lot of this, but it's there to create a tension. It's there to create division. It's there to create conflict. Is there to bring about all kinds of negative thoughts and feelings. Um, so when I, and I get a little bit off track because <laughs> I get, this is, I'm very passionate about what we're talking about tonight. And most of you may very well hear that in my voice and what we all speaking of, what I'm speaking of. But, um, yeah, it is very, very um, important to me about this because I've seen so many situations. Now, one more thing, you know, I just want to say about this whole prison thing. You know, the, the money that is being taken from education to sponsor, build, rebuild, renovate, develop these prisons, the money that has been taken, the opportunity to have better classrooms, books, supplies, resources for the children to learn has fallen on deaf ears because this government has given it to the prison system to build, develop, and do whatever they do. And I have to say, in the labor industry, it's it's really all about the shareholders, the people that have money in these prisons, 
It's all about them. Because the workers that work in at these facilities are treated so poorly by these management companies that these prisons hire. These management companies are so horrible. And when I'm talking, I'm not I'm not speaking about the inmates. I'm talking about the people that work at the prison. I'm talking about the social workers. I'm talking about the therapists, the nurses. I'm talking about the staff at the prison, the guards. They're, 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 the management companies, they are just so horrible. So why are they treating the people on the other side that's maintaining the inside in the manners that they do? You know why? Real simple. Two words. Corporate greed. That's what it's all about. Corporate greed. Being just plain old straight up greedy. They're already making out when you have all these people that is already there, workforce already there to manufacture your goods at a penance with no choice to them. So they're already getting over that way. Then they're also getting over by staffing it and managing the staff with insufficient, cheap, too expensive insurances, insurances with large deductibles that you have to pay, you know, all that so it can stay dirt cheap in your pocket you know, keep money in your pocket. It is a problem. It is a problem. But this is just to go further to show just how bad the system is and how we are affected. And even more of a reason as to why we have to get it together. We cannot continue to sit back, stand back, you know, don't don't just talk about it while we watching the haves and the have nots. And don't get me wrong, I ain't got nothing wrong with that because I hey, I tape it and I watch it whenever I can myself. But some people become so focused in reality T V the the reality of it is crazy crap that's happening in somebody else's life that don't have even figured it out. And you haven't figured out your own stuff too. And when you waste so much time figuring out or trying to figure out that TV stuff and not figuring out your own stuff, you can't blame anybody but you. You can't blame anyone but yourself. When we sit back and point the finger to every reason why, oh, this didn't happen or, you know, this, you know, 
there are always opportunities. Maybe you don't know how sometimes. But then you got to also think, stop thinking you know everything. Because that's one of my big problems with my brothers and sisters. We all don't. I'd be the first to tell you I do not know everything. We don't know everything. So it ain't nothing wrong with saying you don't know so you can learn. We got to stop thinking if I let somebody know I don't know something, that it is going to mean that I'm a weak person. We're going to have to stop that. We're going to have to do more in reaching out to help and support each other, to pass information on to each other. It ain't all about I got mine, you got to get yours. I was listening to my sister's show last night, and uh, my sister Antonia and my brother Rob, he came on, he talked about some things that it was just so apropos in being your brother's keeper. Okay? And if you do know something and you see somebody that don't, it is not that you're trying to keep, but we should all share positive information that we all have positive results. Right now, I think that it is time for us to have our call for salvation. Uh, my sister, my sister, you there? Yes, I am. Wait a minute, let me adjust this. I'm hearing some feedback on my side. It's straightened out. Okay. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I do. Okay, bless God. First, let me tell you how much I'm enjoying the conversation tonight. And, you know, I like the way that you started because a lot of people may feel like, you know, she always talking about what's going on around us that's messed up. Well, you know why we always talk about what's going on around you that's messed up? It's not because we're promoting what's messed up. It's in hopes that it'll make you wake up that it'll make you get up, that it'll make you step up, and that it'll make you stand up. See, what we forget about Castor Warrior, and like like she said at the start, if you are under the age of 25, more than likely you do not have a clue as to what we are talking about when we talk about Castor Warrior. But for those of us who are of age, we must know and remember Castor Royal never, ever tasted good going down. But once you got it down, it did what it was supposed to do. It cleansed you out. It cleansed out all of the germs and all of the impurities. And as we are letting you know what it is that's going on around you that the people really aren't talking about, that mainstream really isn't talking about, while we are letting you know all that stuff that is going on around you, it might not feel good getting it down. But once it gets down, we pray that it takes root, cleanses you out, and make you do what you need to do to stand up and make a difference. 
I'm tired of hearing people sit by the wayside and talk about what's going on in the community, but they're not willing to get up and do nothing to make a change in the community. I'm tired of people talking about what's wrong with other people, but we won't do nothing to help our fellow brothers or sisters. We won't share the information, as she said earlier, that we have if we know they don't have it. It's like now that I know, I got to make sure you can't know. Because if I let you know, you may do something with what I've let you know that might let somebody else know. And now I'm not as smart as I thought I was because all of you know. And if all of you know, now you may know that I'm not as smart as I was trying to pretend to be before I let you know what it was that I knew. That's how we do now. So I bless God for my sister, my sister, Darlene Lawrence, for the work that she does with us on Purpose Kingdom. Because if she don't do nothing else, she lets you know what she knows. And what she knows is it's time for us as a people to get up. It's time for us to get up. It's time for us to get in our head that I believe the next election, when, when is the next election year, uh, Darlene? Yeah. 2018. 2018. We need to have in our mind right now that in 2018, everybody that's sitting up in Washington, D.C. is going to get put out of Washington, D.C. That's what we need to have in our mind right now. Folk need to start saying right now, you know what? I'm done with this nonsense. I'm running for Congress. You know what? I'm done with this nonsense. I'm running for senator. But you know why we think we can't run? Because we sit and go, oh, well, we don't have a law degree, or we don't know nothing about politics, or we don't know about this, or we don't know about that. When what we need to realize is we understand common sense. We know how to read and to comprehend. So if we know how to read and to comprehend and we have a willingness in us to stand up and fight, not just for us and our children, but for our common man, that's who need to go up to Washington, D.C. or over to Washington, D.C. or down to Washington, D.C., depending on what part of the country you're coming from. But everybody that's there right now, they need to get replaced, and I know we're going to do the call, and I'm taking up a little bit more time because I wanted to give this comment. So I'm going to say before we even go into the call that we are going to go into archives, and you are listening to uh, the 200 and I'm going to mess this up, 34th, thank God, 234th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network with our sister, our sister, Darlene Lawrence, and Righteous Consciousness on www.talkshoe.com. Now, what I was saying was that in the midst of all of this, in the midst of everything that's going on, we got to get up. We got to say that, you know what, step one is make up in my mind that everybody in Washington is getting ready to get evicted. They getting ready to get, like, we can consider this, their uh, two-year notice. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
it's about up. Your time is about up. I'm not talking about the, four, the, the presidential election. There's another election come up before that presidential election. That's when you start cleaning house. And when you start cleaning house, that's when you give President Trump notice that his time is almost up. So now what we got to do is put in place some situations on how we want to survive the next two years. We need to start partnering up with some folk and talk about how we're going to make sure that all of the children and families in our neighborhoods can still eat no matter what they do in Washington, D.C. We need to make up in our minds that, yes, I'm willing to die for the benefit of a better life for my children. Now, understand, I didn't say go out and get guns and start riding and act fool. That's not what I said. But what I did say was we need to be willing to stand up for a future for mm-hmm. our children and that does not consist of just sitting back and complaining you got to get up and do something if nothing else you got to get up and vote everybody not meant to be a congressman everybody not meant to be a senator But for those of you who got fight in your blood, you need to start working on your petitions right now to get your name on the ballot so that you can run. Because, listen, it's not like you have to have experience in politics to hold the office in politics. Hint, hint, look at our president. Mm Mm-hmm. You just have to convince the people that you are willing to fight and understand after the nonsense Trump just pulled, and our inability to believe that somebody like Trump would ever get elected to the office of president. So a lot of us didn't even bother to get up and vote because we were sitting there going, who in their right minds would do this? Well, now we see. So now we have to make sure that we get up and vote. The other thing that we have to do is we have to make sure that we get to a place in our lives where we're willing to stand up and say, you know what, if I'm saved, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. And I'm going to get to the call for the unsaved in a second. But if I'm saved, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. So that means I'm not going to sit there and say that because my brother is a Buddhist or my sister is a Muslim that I hate them or that I don't agree with them or that I can't be around them or that I can't live next door with them or that I can't coexist with them. Because if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, that means I'm going to show the love of Christ. Right. So for everybody out there that's talking all this nonsense about, oh, I'm a child of God, I'm a follower of Christ, and the Bible says, let me tell you, the Bible talks about love. Yes, it talks about the wrong things that the Israelites did, not so that we could mimic it, but so that we could learn from it. But it talks about love. So if you really want to know if somebody's a follower of Christ, just listen to the rest of their statement. I'm a follower of Christ, but we got to keep the Muslims out because they're all killers. They're a liar. They're not a follower of Christ. They're actually a follower of Satan, the enemy, and his job is to come looking like the light. Mm-hmm. Now, why did I say all of that Because before I gave the call? Because today I was reading some articles in, on, online about things that men and women of God were doing to the flock to make them think that they were something that they were not, and not just killing the flock spiritually, but killing the flock physically. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart. And it broke my heart because I said there are so many false prophets walking amongst us. Mm-hmm. 
No wonder so many people are turning from the church because they don't know what's real and what's not. And the reason that you don't know what's real and what's not is because you're in the church, but you're not in a relationship. See, there's people in the church that's not saved for real. You're in the church, but you're not in a relationship. Or you're outside the church and you're looking at the church thinking that you have to join a church when it's not about the church. It's about a relationship with the Father. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do we get to that place of a relationship? You have to believe on them, believe in them, accept them, and confess them. I call it the back of our face, believe, accept, and confess. You have to believe that God is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did. You have to believe that the creator of the universe wrapped himself up and placed himself in the womb of a woman, that he came onto this earth, lived for 33 years, that he laid down his life on a rugged cross for the remission of our sins, that he rose from the grave three days later after he bust the gates of hell in the grave wide open, that he rose with all power in heaven and earth and below earth in his hands, and that he then ascended to the right hand of the Father. Now, if you can believe that, then you just accept it. And here's the sad part. It tears my heart sometimes. But some of you, you'll never understand the mystery of the kingdom of heaven because it wasn't given to you. But somebody listening might understand that God did this because he loves you. He sent his only son, Jesus, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but can have everlasting life. You can't do it for your mother. You can't do it for your father. You can't do it for a husband or a wife or a friend. You got to do it for yourself. And you have to do it to get into a place and a space where you can have a relationship with Christ and know that he is real. Because once you get there, then he will help you wake up and give you the boldness, the boldness that is needed to start making the changes that is needed in this world and in this community today. So how do you do it? You just repeat after me. You say, Father God, I know that I messed up. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that even at my best, I'm still a filthy rag in your sight. So I ask you to come into my life. I ask for you to allow your son Jesus Christ to come into my life, to sit on the throne of my heart, sit on the throne of my mind. I ask forgiveness of my sins. I submit myself to you right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, the last thing that you have to do is confess it to someone. Just tell someone, I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. That's all you have to do. And if you say that, according to God's word, you are saved. Now, that's not about a church membership. That's about your relationship. Now, I always do suggest that you attempt to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But if you can't for some reason, then bless God, that is why Purpose Kingdom Network is here for you. Please join us tomorrow evening for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. 
of, I believe, tomorrow evening is DTW Ministries with Reverend Aaron Williams right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at www.talkshoe.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Know that we love you with the love of Christ. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. My sister, my sister, as I said, we are going into archives so you can take your time. And you do have a caller. I'm sorry, we just lost that caller. You had a caller that was on the line, but they their uh, thing just dropped. So I just wanted to let you know that the ministry is back in your hands. All right, my sister, my sister. I um, oh, mm, My sister just said everything, everybody. Chappie, she laid it all out for you. You really, really have to come together so that we can be about the things to come, so that we can be strong to work through all the things that are coming down the pike. And I say it that way, not to sound gloomy and dismal and all of that, but in all truthfulness, it is scary times, especially if you don't know the Lord, if you don't know God. It's really scary times. It's scary times knowing him. Not to say that he will not and cannot pull us through, but just what and how will things be impacted. But there is one thing that we certainly have to do is come together develop that relationship with God. We have to depend on him now like ever, never before. And that is not, for some people, And you know, some people may think that, oh, well, that's the last resort. No, it's not. It's what we should be doing all along. My grandmother used to say, watch as well as pray. There has to be some physical action on our part, not just to pray and become sacro-religious. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But you have to have love in your heart, and that's, that's what's going to bond us. That's what's going to keep us strong through difficult times to come. When we see someone that is in need and we're able to do something, to not turn our back and turn a blind eye and act like, oh, we're totally oblivious, or it will just kill you to make the sacrifice so that maybe somebody else can eat. Okay, yes, we have to be about being our brother and sister's keepers. Now, I'm not trying to talk, I'm not even going there about enabling and, and, and making people codependent because, yes, there is a work. There are people that can drain drain you, okay, both <laughs> financially, physically, and mentally. But we have to learn how to even deal with those situations in love and in kind. 
we have to treat people. We, you, you know, you still, you know, to just offend does not help. Now, sometimes we have to give a quick, hard, fast, get out of my face or whatever it is. But we also have to just stop turning a blind eye. Our sister Antonia is celebrating her four years in broadcasting. And last night her show was very informative, giving information about homeless, you know, where you can get information for homelessness and other government facilities and resources that can help. It would be to everybody's advantage to know to know these resources because you never know when you may have to point somebody, even yourself, God forbid, into the direction of some of these places that can provide help for you or for someone. You know, we have to do a better job at connecting and caring. We really do. Um, it looks like I have a caller online. So, caller, are you there? Yes, my sister, my sister, I am here. Oh, that must be my sister, my sister, Adrian. Oh, yes. What up, what up, what up? Great <laughs> How are you doing, my sister? I am, I am okay. I'm good. I'm getting ready. I've been enjoying the show. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I, listen, they're going to do what they're going to do. We have made it before. We bless God in it because everybody now is looking at things in a little bit different perspective. And I bless God because one thing he says is he's not going to give us anything more than we really can't bear. So the the question right now is, are you really, you know, are you, are you down with the PK? You know, are you, are you in, are you in where you need to be so that you are getting the information that you need to get the way that you need to get it, how you need to get it so that you can know at least when you watch what you're seeing, what's going on. You know, and it's funny how it's funny how they're all using the news, but we definitely have to watch as what he is saying, but the the deterrence is because it's coming out of his mouth, so what we have to be careful of is you, you, you know we are not watching what we we're seeing they they're going to show you what they want you to what what they want you to have out of it. And that's how that's how if we at least keep that, that holds you looking at something solid, something, you know, that's where Christ comes in. That's where you can you can hold on to the cross and look at it and know that all of this mess and the shenanigans that are going on is is it's going to have to do something different because right now we have a black thing and a white thing and all of this and the immigration thing and all of that. But when we take a step back and you look at the little children 
that are walking around. The children that are walking around are white and black, so they don't know what color they are. So as they're listening to the people get mad about white or get mad about black, now you have to worry about the little two- and three-year-olds turn around and ask you, Mom, what color am I? And they're all mixed with everything and anything. So, you know, my I ask people all the time, you want to talk about you want to talk about something that is is missing in our world is the white baby. So all of this white stuff and black stuff, like it's going to be them because the white people are the ones that are fixing and finding this white. But like I said, I mean, even Mitt Romney had to come back and say that he 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 done went all the way to the, the deeps of South Africa to go, you know, to go adopt a baby. We all know that was his damn grandbaby. He need to cut it off. Do <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We need to tell the truth, shame the devil, tell the truth. That way it'll be out and everybody will be okay. But the, the, you know what I'm saying? These white men sitting around, walking around like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and black people, they got to go and all of this. you telling your grandbabies they got to go. Be quiet. You, you understand? The little children that are walking around are little mulatto babies. Mm-hmm. They got it. They got the mix in it. So as they hear these adults talk about, ah, oh, we don't like the whites or we don't like the blacks, what are you telling your kids? Yeah. Because your kids don't look like mom, and your hair sure don't look like mom's. And mom is white, so she ain't never did no hair, so you really messed up. (laughs) Tell the truth. Shame the devil. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, Donald Trump needs to talk real. Like, everybody wants to talk about his ignorance and all that. Man, the world is ignorant. They sitting on this stuff. This watching him on that on that podium is like watching a TV <laughs> station gone bad, you know, because cause if you think about it, they were trying to set you up for failure anyway because, remember, we already got how to get away with murder, and then we had to have a scandal in the White House. Now they got a hell of a scandal in the White House. They don't even realize <laughs> what they were trying to get. You understand, like, the whole time Obama was in there, they was, they was, they was rocking this scandal. They're making that girl, you know – Carrot tooth, um, all types of, you know, crazy. They making her all kinds of money because she's doing everything in the White House to cover up something for, but she's sleeping with the white man. You know, they still got to have a little, they still got to always throw a little dirt in it. But now it's yeah. like, now you're watching it on TV. You watch the news like you watch CSI and Criminal Minds. And, you know, like, so if you are in TV land, realize what just happened. That's why I'm thank God for Purpose Kingdom Network. That's why I thank God for your show. I thank God for Antonia's show. Because at the end of the day, when like what I'm coming on, I'm coming on and I'm talking and I'm coming at it, but y'all give me more information that I don't know. Like I was saying the other day about the homeless stuff, which makes it the, the worst case scenario of anything is when a young lady needs help and tries to go to get her off the street. And they look at her and say, well, honey, if you ain't getting beat or if, you know what I mean, if you ain't got like a drug habit, we we can't take you. What? Mm-hmm. 
What did you say? You mean to tell me I got to go get somebody to beat me up before you can tell me? I? So I'm going outside. I'm starting the first fight I see. I'm coming in bloody. And I'm going to say I'm running from him. <laughs> Let me in. They're going to find out that I'm not getting beat first. But that's a shame that you would have to bump the system like that if you needed that kind of help. Right. Yeah, you you understand, but that's real though. So I, I I'm I'm glad because you giving me a little you giving me a little bit more for Thursday because Thursday is going Thursday is going to be nice because now I think what I'm gonna do on this Thursday is just going we gonna just we just gonna digest Purpose Kingdom Network for a little bit because y'all have been coming up with some stuff and it's been very informative and sometimes I don't know about anybody else but you know it makes me want to holler so. Okay, on DB, yeah. I can holler like a little bit more than I can at nine at the nine o'clock hour. So I I, I look forward to Thursday because you know, but but the white and black thing though, y'all gotta watch next next two weeks. Watch all the little babies you see and count how many white babies you see, like the white little baby with the blonde hair and the blue eyes, like real, and and they stand out. Two white babies stand out, yeah. but they do. But mm-hmm. like, like I always say, when the ba- when you see a baby that says that God is not through with us, and Chappie always reminds me, well, understand the devil got babies too. So we ain't just talking about babies, kids. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And when you look at right now today, they coming in all colors. So you can't tell me that one is worse than the other because if they're watching the same cartoons, they're listening to the same music, they're trying to do the same stuff, and now you got the NFL stars trying to do the same dances, and everybody now is watching it. They done crossed over everything. Everything is crossed over. You don't have anybody. It's no more acting black and no more acting white. Nobody speaks proper English anymore, so they don't even care about that. You, you, you understand? So we have, we, have, we have mixed this pot so much that the older generations are still holding on to this black-white thing, but these kids don't see that. They can't see it because the white boys walk around like black boys. <laughs> the poor black boys. Don't know what to do because if you ain't from the hood, you just lost. Most of it, you. most of it is being is just still held on by middle aged white males, their first generation. I'm not saying because some of the younger ones too, because they showed after the election. I believe it was in York. It was like in a middle school where the kids were starting, like, little racial things. These were, like, you know, the, the nexter kids and whatnot. whatnot. But right. Kids the, that was the middle age people. Right. right. And, and the middle age that's ingrained, that, you know, they think that they are supreme. They, you know, the ones that still have the doggone Confederate flag hanging up in their living room. Right now, you know um, Darlene, uh-huh. on, on the Confederate flag, you know how I look at the Confederate flag? How's that? I appreciate the, feder- the Confederate flag because if you're walking down the street and you see the flag, 
you already know what it's hitting for. That's right. My problem is the neighbors two doors down that don't have the flag, but they got the sheep. And I can't yeah. see them. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So always think about that because one thing for sure, two things for certain. If Like if you're in a clan, it ain't right to be in a clan, but the clan is funny. Every time I think of the clan, I, the, I think the best thing, the best, the best I think of is the Django when they're all on the oh. horses. <laughs> and he's like, so I don't yeah. get it. So are we going to go with the hoods on or hoods off? Like that was the best yeah. scene ever. That's the clan to me because we have to, and and that is what we have to think of. We can't give like I know that what they I know that that is what they are. But if we look at how they are depicting it, we hold on to more of it, and instead of teaching our children, we allow our children to just like formulate other things, and then it's like, but we haven't taught them, so. I understand where, you know, I understand, especially with the two of y'all shows, you and Antonia are so informative. And Rob, too, he's becoming a little informative little guru, you know. He, he You know, but I I just, you know, I appreciate you. Um, and I, love I appreciate you. you, too, my sister. I love you, too. I thank you for all your support and, and all your, your D-block, girl. Whew. You've been bringing it. But I just want to tell you, you know, I appreciate your calling in tonight and giving your comment. It's so much that we have to do in staying together, keeping it, keeping, you know, keeping on point. Because our young people, they just don't get it. And there is a smoke screen that has been put up to distract us to keep us, and we're falling into it hand over fist, and it's affecting us in so many different ways. But one of the things that I really, in upcoming shows that I really plan on talking about is how we can bring it on back to our own Wall Street, how we can develop that, what we need to do to get ourselves on target so that we can have the economic power that we do possess, that we have flexed before successfully, successfully. That Montgomery boycott, we flexed our economic muscle during that time, and we got big muscle to flex now. As a people, we are the biggest consumers. We buy every doggone thing. That's what we got to learn to stop doing. We We don't have a lot of manufacturing, very little. But that's something that we may be able to turn around just as well. But we have to first build a trust in each other, a confidence in each other, a common goal with each other for the embedderment of us as a people. And in that, for all people, of course we got to start with our own because we are the ones that are targeted. The numbers that are in those prisons that I'm speaking of, the numbers are way, way, way larger. African Americans and Latinos make up 80% of these prisons. 
And it's a doggone shame. It should not be there. So as we continue to educate, to strengthen, to give better understanding to our own, y'all shouldn't be out there being haters, mad at us for wanting to get it right. You should want to commend us for wanting to get it right, for wanting to do something positive to contribute to this society. Because an injury to one is an injury to all. If we are down and broken, broken, then it is for another people to also be in that same predicament. In our particular case, if we want to look at color, our brown brothers and sisters, they are suffering right along with us. As I said, 80% of those prisons are brown and black people. So we all have to work together to affect and make a positive outcome for everyone. Everyone. I want you to join us again. I believe I'll be back on in March, Monday after next, for another episode of Purpose Kingdom Network, tune into Righteous Consciousness. And I've really enjoyed talking to you tonight. Hope that I shared some understanding with you all. And we just got to take that dose. We got to do the right thing so we can come out better. You all, be safe. God bless you all. Peace.